You did. You did. That is very important. Very hard to make that a reality. Thank you for being here. Wait, wait, no, seriously, we, we, we did. So when we were, yeah, like most people, like whatever your vision is, it has to be codified and crafted and wordsmith. Like each of those words really means something like multi-ethnic, right? Yes. So that flows out of the great commandment and the Great Commission, yes. multi-generational. Like, we don't want to be like an advanced youth group where everybody's in their 20s. The church should be like a family yeah. where you have grandmas, grandpas, that crazy uncle, cousins, you know, all the way down to kids. And, uh, yeah, we're mission-shaped. The Great Commission drives what we do. And my wife and I co-founded Transformation Church on Fe February 7, 2010, which was Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean that extremely genuinely because one of the things, although I've never been, it's so clear that you live out each word of that mission so clearly. Experiencing just your church, you know, unfortunately through a screen. It is so clear that you are mission-shaped. It is so clear that you are multi-ethnic. It is so clear that you are multi-generational. And it, it is that picture. I know you're having this conversation at the 2022 Child Discipleship Forum. You're going to share a, about a Revelation 7 picture for mm -hmm. our kids. And it's, you are a church that is doing all that you can to bring that Revelation 7 into the here and now. Yes, and I didn't know it was optional not to. Uh, one of the things of not growing up in church, uh, I met Jesus on August 2nd, 1997. I was 26 years old. And I met him and found out about this book called the Bible. And as you read the Bible, without any filters, you kind of just see this thing where Jesus go make disciples of all ethnos. That's not just people across the sea. That's people across the street. You see that Jesus fulfilled a covenant with a man named Abraham that his father made. Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. Mm -hmm. And so we see that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus not only forgives our sins, but creates a family with different colored skins. And each member of that family is a gift from Jesus back to his father saying, I fulfilled your covenant. And so what happens is the gospel turns, it, 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 is, it is not a transaction and I get heaven and not hell. Mm. It is literally a great exchange. Jesus exchanges my life for his life. So his ministry, his mission, his purpose, his kingdom is now the overflow of who I am. And so living in that story is why we have a multi-ethnic church. I didn't know it wasn't optional. Well, and I think it's one of the things that I love. I also came to know the Lord as an adult. And this community of child disciple makers is so full of folks who they themselves came to know the Lord as a kid. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think the enemy loves to use in a weak spot of that is when you were born and raised in the church, grow up knowing and loving the Lord, you forget you come to forget what it's like to not know and love the Lord. Yeah. 
and it creates sometimes some blind spots mm-hmm. and you wind up treating certain things as options. Yes. Yeah, so what I would say to that is I think uh, sometimes if Christianity is taught as basically moralistic principles, mm. um, who wants to be around someone that you never live up to? And so if all you've been taught is don't do this, don't do that behavior modification, you don't adore Jesus. You actually want to hide from him. And so you actually use your faith to run away from him through religious practices. That's one. Number two is I think a lot of times, sadly, we have a very small view of Jesus. Uh, We've been taught penal substitution only, which is true. Jesus took our place. Wrath was averted from us. Jesus is the lamb that was led to slaughter on our behalf. But there's more. He also reconciles us. He also recapitulates or rewrites our story. Mm. Uh, I I mean, there's just so much more beauty there. And what happens is, is when we have a small Jesus, then the idea of Ethnic reconciliation is like, well, what do you, wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. no, no, just preach the gospel. Yeah. Just preach the gospel. And so you're telling me when Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, that's not the gospel? Mm-hmm. He's breaking down a 700-year ethnic feud between Jews and Samaritans. You're telling me Jesus is not preaching the gospel when he takes his disciples to Samaria to meet the Samaritan woman. And by the way, the first person who knew Jesus was the Messiah was a Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. And by the way, what is a Samaritan, a Jew and a Gentile in one body? What's the church supposed to be? A Jew and a Gentile in one body. And what did she go do? She met Jesus and she went and told her friends about him. She's a prototype and a beauty of ethnic reconciliation, the ethnic diversity of the bride and the gospel impulse to be on mission. So much of conversation around uh, race, the racial divide, racial reconciliation, become heated, politicized so quickly. And mm-hmm. I think for folks, particularly folks like me who grew up in historically white contexts, and my parents had to push against that and go out, tragically had to go out of their way to make sure that my sister and I understood that the world didn't look like our neighborhood, right? In your newest book, uh, How to Heal Our Racial Divide, What the Bible Says and the First Christians Knew About Racial Reconciliation. One of the things that stood out to me the most about preparing for this conversation is I heard you say in a lot of other interviews that you weren't planning on writing this book. Mm-mm. And you are someone who loved, you know, you're a great writer, you're a great speaker. Oh, thank you. But how did this book come together? It's unique to your writing. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, I write because I believe God tells me to. Mm. Um And so when this began to be birthed in my soul, the impetus was, is, man, I'm just, I'm tired of Jesus's name being drugged through the mud. Mm. The most engaging and reconciled people on the earth should be followers of Jesus. I mean, I often wonder if brown-skinned, Jewish Jesus would be welcomed in his own church at times. I I wonder if brown-skinned Jesus would be 
called CRT because he was talking about Abraham's table where Jews and Gentiles would come. I wonder what people thought when he said, you know, go make disciples of all nations. Think about it. He's telling Jewish people to go make disciples of Gentiles. The Gentiles held Jews in Egypt in slavery for 400 years. The Gentile Canaanites, Hittites, Zebuvites, Perizzites tried to wipe them out. The Babylonians enslaved them. The Babylonian Haman wanted to wipe them off. And now the Romans were oppressing them. And Jesus going, I want you to go to reach them. Like we don't, like we have so robbed the Bible of its texture and tenor. And what I'm trying to do is to help people see what Jesus said, what Paul said, what the gospel did in that day so it can happen in our day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Brother. No, it's, uh, it has been much worse than this. Let me just give you an example. Yeah. So in the, in the first century, the city of Antioch was divided by the Romans into 18 different ethnic ghettos oh, wow. because there were ethnic riots. 18. Mm-hmm. But by the way, the place where Christians were first called Christians was in Antioch. A multi-ethnic movement happened in a city of walls. Um, Jewish men, and some even today sadly, would pray this prayer. Yahweh, thank you that I am not a Gentile, a woman, or a slave. The Greeks would, would pray to their pantheon of gods. Thank you that I'm not a barbarian. That meant anyone that's not Greek. I'm not a woman or a slave. And yet, the gospel says, for all those who've been baptized into Christ is clothed in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, free nor slave, male nor female, for you're one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, you are children of Abraham. And so, this good news of Jesus vertically connects us to God, knocks that wall down, and then it knocks down the horizontal walls of ethnocentrism, classism, and sexism. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be baptized into Christ. If we're all clothed in Christ, how can I look down upon you? And this is really, really important, too, and I'm saying this more and more, and I'm saying this to our church at Transformation Church. How would you live your faith if the Republican Party and Democratic Party did not exist? Because the overwhelming amount of Christians for 2,000 years, like 99.9999% of them, have lived their faith without being Republican or Democrat. Mm. And I can see people's eyes because they've been so discipled to filter the world and even the Bible through a donkey head or an elephant head. And we need to filter it through the Lamb of God. I don't care how a person votes. What I care about is why do you vote the way you vote? And how do you treat people who vote differently than you? And are you prophetic against your party when it's out of bounds with King Jesus? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Research is clear. Parents hold the most significant influence in a child's development. That's why Awana developed Talk About 
Talk About delivers child discipleship through simple discussions and family fun, forming lasting faith, one conversation at a time. With your family's monthly subscription, you'll receive an email each week containing your Talk About bundle, including guided conversations through suggested scripture passages, which allow families to engage in the Bible and answer big questions with the truth of God's word. You'll also get fun, hands-on activities to take the guesswork out of child discipleship. Kids will color, create, sing, and share, and kids will remember and reinforce what they've learned throughout the week. It's the everyday moments of life that can become moments that make an eternal difference. These are the moments Talk About was created for. Bring the gospel home and help your kids form lasting faith one conversation at a time. Try one month of Talk About for free with this special promo code exclusive for our podcast listeners. Resilient. That's resilient for one month of Talk About for free. Get started today at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. to each other mm-hmm. right and but what you're saying is so deeply rooted in scripture it is the gospel it is the gospel yeah and i think folks what i am curious about is how we begin to show christ over culture yeah yeah so 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 i would say let's back up just a step right okay. and let's skedaddle over to galatians 3 8 the apostle paul skedaddle. yeah skedaddle yeah it's not, it's not a run it's not a jog it's a skedaddle okay. And so the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians 3.8. He says, the gospel was preached beforehand to Abraham in this, all the nations would be blessed. So according to Paul, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus fits into this covenant that God made with Abraham. Because in Genesis 11, family scatters by tongues. Genesis 12, God calls Abraham. Abraham and makes a promise to give him a family. Jesus is the promise keeper through a sinless life, atoning, sacrificial death on the cross, resurrection and exaltation. So it's not just about me being forgiven. It's about me being forgiven, declared righteous, being redeemed to be put into a family. And when this family loves each other, the world will know you're my disciples. And by our unity, the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father. So we have to tell a better, truer story. If the story of the gospel is, uh, hey son, John 3.16 says this. Well, let's pause here. John 3.16 is even in the context of John 3.14 where the apostle John quotes Moses when the children of Israel were complaining, they got bit by snakes. He says, when the serpent is lifted up, look up and you'll be healed. So even John 3.16 is in the bigger story. We're not teaching a full story. So let me just do a little rift here. Uh, it's important that teachers and preachers tell a biblical story and not just soteriology. Soteriology is... Every week your, your kids are quote unquote getting saved, they're getting saved, they're getting saved, they're getting saved. Well, first of all, 
In the New Testament, the word saved is used in three tenses. I have been saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. Justification, sanctification, glorification. So the way we talk to our kids about it is this way. God loves his image bearers. We were created to reflect his image to the world. Our first parents at the unction of demonic powers rebelled. The sickness came in. And when the sickness came in, there was a wall between us and God and us with us. You get to Genesis 11, things are going fairly good, and the people want to be gods themselves. So God scatters them by languages, but in Genesis 12, he calls a man named Abram, changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many. And he's like, I'm going to get my family back. And so Abraham becomes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel. He gives them a special and unique way to live. But there's always whispers that a Messiah is going to come who would be fully God, fully man. And when this Messiah would come, he would restore God's family by tearing down the walls. The blood of Jesus tears down the wall to his father and he tears down the walls to us. And everybody who says yes to Jesus is now clothed in Jesus himself. So we're not color blind, we're color blessed because every color and every culture reflects the glory of God. And your differences make me better and my differences make you better. Yeah, amen to that. Well, I think, I think so many people <laughs> saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And I'll, you know, my wife and I are foster parents, so I'll speak from a very specific example of we know that my wife and I, as a white couple, that there is things that we, if we were to adopt uh, or foster a child who comes from a different background, that we don't actually have appropriate cultural context, and we need to make sure that we provide that child an appropriate mm-hmm. cultural context. Right? Amen. So when we talk about this breaking down of walls, if I'm someone who's listening to this, like, okay, I want to do that, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying is, actually, you do. Mm-hmm. Because actually, Jesus gives you the exact perfect picture. The DNA is already in you. Yeah. The DNA is already in you. I mean, Ephesians 2, 14 through 16, the wall has already been torn down. We just have to learn to walk in it. Mm. It's, 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 it's kind of like the elephant that's huge and a little bitty chain keeps it chained not because the elephant isn't strong enough to break the chain it's because the elephant has been beat since it was little to believe that if it went past a certain boundary it would get beat Mm. and so we already have reconciliation we're already a new humanity we're already these things but we allow the devil to keep us chained with political idolatry with fear Um, our own personal issues, and it takes faith to go, what does it look like for me to love God and to love my neighbor as I love myself? Because this is what this is really about. This is really about the great commandment through the great grace of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And then another thing too, right? A desire without work is a waste of time. So I wrote this book to help people who have a desire to learn. So on how to heal our 
racial divide, at the end of every chapter is a prayer, things to think about, um, study questions. Like it is literally a training manual. Like it is here. Like this is the playbook. And what you'll see is like I'm a New Testament scholar. So it is thoroughly, thoroughly biblical, Jesus-y, gospel-centered scripture. You'll never read the Bible the same. You'll go, how in the world did I not know that when Jesus fed 5,000 on one side of the Sea of Galilee and 4,000 on the other side, one side was Gentile, one side was Jew, as a picture of Matthew 8, 11, the banquet of Abraham. Where's Abraham gone in our preaching? Like, there's no Jesus without Abraham. You know why? Here's why. Because a lot of times we're trying to preach people into behavior modification and we're not telling them about the king and what he's done. We're more concerned with what we do versus what he's done. But when we know what he's done, Romans 12, 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, present yourselves as a living sacrifice. My holiness flows out of my understanding of his grace. Behavior modification doesn't work. That's why we have a lot of Christians who live like non-Christians because they're trying to behave themselves into grace. Grace transforms us. And, well, thank you for telling Can I just yeah. slam this microphone down like yeah. a football? Thank you for telling what he's done. You have, uh, seriously, thank you for your ministry. It was a pleasure talking to you. Well, and look, look listen, all y'all out there, y'all need to go buy my book, How to Heal Our Racial Divide. Yeah. All the proceeds go to needy children, my own. <laughs> the Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.